This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. (laughs) Anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> it's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up. And with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. (laughs) He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Hey, Jesse. What's up, Jay? Hey, Tony. What's up? I don't know. I don't know. I, um... That was a whole lot today for... And (laughs) shout out to Dale and Terry, right? I mean, I don't want this young man's dream moment to be uh, poo-pooed at all, but I thought today was going to be a lot of something, and it was just a regular draft day. It was just a regular draft night for a team drafting in the middle of the first round who got to the playoffs and faced a better squad, and this is what you get. You know, we talked for a long time in this city, uh, the the quote-unquote treadmill of mediocrity, right, where you're good enough to get into the playoffs, but you're not bad enough to get yourself a foundational piece, that that top seven, top six lottery pick. Well, they got actually a lot of 
seventh picks overall, right? Kobe and, and Lowry <laughs> and all the boys, right? But yeah, I, all the conversation regard. And by the way, what is this? Episode one seventeen? Is that is that what it is? Episode one seventeen? Yes, sir. One seventeen podcast. There it is. There it Streets is. Streets back on. Oh, listen, listen. The gang is here. It is now officially Thursday morning, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, it's Friday morning. It's Friday morning. Oh, man. My little guy's graduating from uh, pre-K, I guess, today. Looking forward to that. Nice. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> Had to be, I told him. I was like, hey, man, high five. You, you didn't pee on yourself for all three or four years you were there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, what, are, what, are, what are the graduation requirements for pre-K? Huh? Like, <laughs> don't don't eat paste and don't pee on everybody and yourself. <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> so, you know, needless to say, he didn't graduate. Da-da-ba-dum-bum. Oh, that was unfortunate. <laughs> oh, that was unfortunate. You know what you should do? You know what you should do, Jesse? You should... You, you should bleep out the name that I just mentioned, right? Take that name out, but keep the rest of it there because I'm, I'm willing to go with the rest of the joke. But I just don't want the heartache of those those young people to see yeah, it. That joke was so good. You froze, you froze yeah, Tony. Yeah, I froze Tony. It was a frozen <laughs> Tony Gill. I think you could pick those up in Mariano's, by the way. They're right next to the cupcakes. But there's a frozen Tony Gill. And no, it's not a move. It's, not a, it's actually the description of what we're, wow, and now he drops out. I think that's a harbinger for things to come on tonight's pod because tonight was uh, <laughs> like if you could if you could summarize something as being uh, then that's what it was look at that the Bulls draft knocked Tony Gill out of the zoom and now he is back um, but yeah what was I talking about yeah my son's my son's graduation I'm looking forward to it today um, I get a chance to see what five-year-olds are like at one o'clock around each other, which is always amazing. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of energy too much for, uh, for, 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 you know, dad over here, but looking forward to it. I don't know if there's, I do know that there is going to be a stage walking apparently and good luck, good, good luck getting 15 to 25 year olds to walk across the stage. But there's a cap and gown. By the way, man, it's just way too much. Like, Jay. It's, it's, way, it's way too Jay. much. Like, I love Bam. my guy. I love my kid more than anybody loves their kid. I am willing to do it. But I got to be honest with you. When I graduated eighth grade, I was like, this is some bullshit. I haven't done anything yet. Like, like all I did was stay alive. Like, I didn't, like, I hadn't accomplished anything. And and the night before eighth grade graduation, Ms. Proctor looked me in my face and was like, you ain't going to graduate because you haven't done the homework. I was like, God damn it, Ms. Proctor. So I went home and I studied my ass off and I did all the homework that I hadn't done because homework is for communists, you know, if teachers, if teachers really had hearts, they wouldn't send you home with work that they didn't accomplish in their class. No, they would send you home to go live and love your parents and family around you. You know, can you imagine if your pops or your moms back in the day? Now it happens all the time. But if your pops or your moms got sent home with homework, and it's like, where the food at, mom? No, nah, I got to do work for Jim at the office three, four hours afterwards. Mm-mm. Don't send no child home with homework. Do your job from 9 to 3.50 to 9, 3.45, whatever it is, and then let the kid go play. But I digress. Yeah, man. I'm, I, I was in eighth grade. I'm like, all right, guys, I get a chance now to 
have acne with older people. You know what I mean? Like this is eighth grade graduation. What are we going? What are we doing here? So obviously, I'm not going to have that vibe as I am sitting and videoing. And you know, I dare, I dare them to say, keep hold your applause till after the graduation because mm-mm, mm-mm, that is only a message to black people. <laughs> and I promise you, I am going to be as black as I possibly can. You know how much that damn pre-K costs? I was going to call it daycare, but it ain't daycare no more. It shit is school. All right? Kidding me? They are not pumping enough organic peanut butter into my son's stomach for me not to act a goddamn fool when they say his name. You kidding me? Mm-mm. Nope. I've been reading what you've been feeding them. I appreciate you, Miss Tabitha. I appreciate you, Miss TK, everybody over there at ITAB. But guess what? I am out here screaming loud and proud, and I'm going to show up in a suit just to stun on the other daddies. Kidding me? Yeah, I know why you off at 1 o'clock. You ain't got no job. I got a job. It allows me to dress up. And be here cheering my son on as he walks across a stage that he truly didn't earn. <laughs> like, 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 you know, we got to set our goals a little higher, people. We got to, like, if, it, it's like my man Herb Lawrence said a long time ago. You take a kid courtside for his birthday, where else you going to go? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what you going to do? You going to play the game now? Like, I can't get too crazy. So I went and bought him his little graduation outfit, right? That's how the day st- Well, that was the middle of the day. The day started, obviously. It's Thursday. So I had my little therapy session with, with Dr. Wilson. Shout out to Dr. Wilson. And before that, I was just sitting around reading NBA trade news. Like, oh, the Bill, the Bulls going to try to get Rudy Gobert. Obviously, that wasn't happening. But wow, look at this. Rim defender on the way. Rim, rim protection. Uh, wing defender. You draft one of those. Maybe you're cooking with gas. Maybe Patrick Williams turns into what he's supposed to turn into. And as we got closer and closer to the draft, all that chatter began to drop away. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a Bulls draft. I'm telling you right now, if you are a Chicago fan, if you're a Chicago Bears fan or a Chicago Bulls fan, nobody really nobody really pays any attention to the Hawks drafts except for Hawks fans who watch minor league hockey or like hockey that isn't here in the States. Like I watch the Frozen Four every once in a while. I'm like, oh, okay, let me pick out a few players that are playing on a collegiate level. But other than that, anybody, you are a serial killer if you know the NHL draft, top to bottom. And yes, I'm talking to you, James Navo and Jay Zawoski and like the two other hockey fans. Evan Moore, I'm talking to you too. Shout out to Evan Moore. Pick up his book. He's a great writer. But yeah, there's like three or four people who I'm sure know college or semi-pro hockey enough to chart the name. Like, who's doing the NHL draft mock draft? Like, who's guessing that? Because that happens a lot with NFL drafts and NBA drafts. But I want to know the dude who's sitting around or the lady who's sitting around like, yeah, I know who the Ottawa Senators are taking at number four, right? But I'm sitting around watching this, mock drafts, watching all the the chatter and the scuttlebutt on Twitter, thinking, is Mitchell Robinson going to end up in Chicago? Is 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 Rudy Gobert going to end up in Chicago? And the draft starts. and. Paolo Bancaro's purple suit just takes over my soul and body. And I have to tweet about it immediately because there's certain things that you are you are keenly looking forward to if you are a veteran draft watcher. I've been watching drafts since yesteryear. Like I the I remember the TNT draft prog- uh, program, like the 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 coordination of 
you know, Ernie Johnson and whoever else they had out there. Kenny Smith was out there for a lot of those early uh, TNT led draft, but it really was just, you know, hey, this guy got drafted. Here's how tall he is. Here's how much he weighs. And here's how much he scored. Now, all of a sudden, you got super analytics. You got, you know, they had a shade and sharp package made uh, set to uh, Austin Powers, the Spy Who Shagged Me movie. And I'm like, this is a lot. This you're just trying to tell me that, yeah, you don't know this player, but I'm gonna dress it up for you. I'm gonna make it very, very uh, visually and aesthetically pleasing. Like the NBA draft is Major League Baseball draft now, where you got a few players at the top who are going to maybe change a franchise or two, and then you'll get your Giannis's or your Kawhi Leonard's who sneak into that, you know, later round. I was trying to say late lottery area. And you get a gem, right? You'll pick a gem up in Paul George out of Fresno State, something like that. But for the most part, after the first five or six picks of each one of these drafts, I guess over the last decade, and we can go back and look at it. Obviously, you do the redrafts. And and that was another thing. Dale and Terry uh, talking about 10 years from now, he wants to see this redraft. I'm like, damn, why don't you put on a summer league jersey first, fam? Like, you, like you're putting a lot of bullseyes, no pun intended, but you're putting a lot of bullseyes on your back when you're talking about the redraft 10 years from now. But yeah, this is, uh, we're, we're creating new positions, the dunker spot, the three and D position, the pick and roll ball handler, all that stuff. All the information is right there for you on the ticker. And Jay Billis is spitting knowledge and Perk is giving his sauce and Malik Andrews is doing a terrific job of leading it. I'm at the Advocate Center, which I'm never at because I don't go to practices and on those kinds of things, whether I'm invited or not. So the draft felt like it was happening, right? You got Paolo, who goes one, you got Chet Holmgren, who was the only guy seemingly slotted correctly, right? Because everybody thought Jabari Smith at the at the end of the draft process was going to be the number one pick. People thought maybe Paolo Bancaro was going to fall three or four, something like that. He goes number one. Chet goes number two. And of course, you get Jabari Smith at three. And then the draft starts to get interesting, right? Keegan Murray who is a Sacramento King. So that's the last time we're going to hear of Keegan Murray outside of him getting 15, 16 points, you know, this year and, and, and fighting for rookie of the year. And then you get Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey goes to Detroit Pistons. I'm going to tell you something, Bulls fans. Um, you can look ahead all you want, but you better start looking in the rearview mirror too because the Cleveland Cavaliers have put together something and the Detroit Pistons have definitely put together some. Kate Cunningham at the end of the year last year came on like gangbusters so much so that people were like, hey, this last 15 games might have won the work rookie of the year for him. And now you throw with that Sadiq Bay, right? You got uh, the madman Isaiah Stewart who's going to be your uh, you know, your, your poor man's Kenny Faree just running around, getting rebounds and doing what he has to do. And if he slides to the bench because you're pushing the roster down, that makes you that much more formidable. Like that Detroit team last year when the Bulls played them a few times, the only thing that they were missing was experience. Like they just couldn't close games out. There was, there, was, there was some close games they played with the Bulls last year. And I know injuries and all the other things where the schedule falls, but you got the, the fifth or sixth best team in the Eastern Conference, and you got a team that's rebuilding and retooling, and they're giving you everything that you want. And that was with Jeremy Grant, and that was with Jeremy Grant fading out of the game plan a little bit. Like that Detroit thing is going to be so interesting to watch going forward because Jaden Ivey, man, I mean, it, you talk about bread for this. His mom, professional basketball player, now coach, 
right? And he's been around basketball his entire life, understands the ins and outs of the game. And usually when you combine that, you know, the, the, he's the coach's son who's a great athlete. Huh? How about that? And he's a brother at that. So there it is. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. It's the full go, So Jaden Ivey's going to be paired with Kate Cunningham. Uh, that, that's going to be a formidable duo for a very, very long time. I really enjoy what the Detroit Pistons are putting together there. But as the draft is going along, you see Shaden Sharp get taken, and you're like, all right, this is, this is where the draft is turning here. And then we jump into our NBC Sports Chicago bag. I'm happy to see Kendall Gill and Will Perdue. And, of course, my man Tony Gill is out there. Steve G, Fogle, all my people from NBC Sports Chicago. We're talking about the Bulls and what they need to do. And we're talking about the roster as is. Are they going to make a pick? Are they going to slide out of that pick? Are they going to trade back? Are they going to package that pick with a player on the roster for a rim protector? And 18 rolls around. And I look over mid-pod, and Tony Gill mouths to me that the Bulls just selected Jalen Terry. And no, Tony said Dalen Terry, but I heard Jalen Terry. And that's what I went with on the air. So if I end up in this man's highlight tape of these are the people that doubted him, and then you just hear in the background, this motherfucker didn't even know his name. You know what I mean? Like, you just hear, like, the ad-libs in the background. This dude doubted him. This idiot didn't even know his name. Like, I will be happy if Dalen Terry turns into the dude who makes me eat my words and, 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 and you know, makes, makes it a, 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 you know, a cast an aspersion on my broadcast career because I messed up his name. But I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just being real with y'all. Like, I've watched too many NBA drafts. I've seen too many of these things happen. The kid is having a moment of his life, right? 20 years old. Well, we'll be 20 in July, which you'll you'll hear a lot over the next few weeks. Uh, we'll be 20 in July. Long, athletic cat, uh, defensive player. And the things that jumped out to me after I did my little, you know, pop quiz cram session in the car after he was selected. I went immediately to the car. It's like, all right, YouTube, give me what you got. <laughs> Who's talked about Dalen Terry enough for me to think I know what kind of player he is coming out of Arizona? Because I'm not going to lie to y'all. Didn't watch a whole lot of Pac-12 basketball last year. Okay? Um, I saw they had a brother named Benedict Matherin on that team. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. All right. I, <laughs> I want to see where this goes. But Dalen Terry didn't really jump off the screen at me anytime I, I perused Arizona Wildcats basketball. So not knowing a lot about the young man, you, you jump back into the lab and try to find as much video in the next hour or so before you got to do that thing all again where you're talking about him. Uh, he looks like a dude is going to challenge people defensively, which, let's face it, that's what this team needs. 
they need wing defense, they need perimeter shooting, and they need rim protection. Now, if you can get those things in the draft, cool, but for the most part, where the Bulls are slotted right now, they're counting on veteran talent. Now, it's cool to think that Dalen Terry's going to come in here and get 15, 20 minutes a game off the bat and, you know, while the, while the, the, the coaching staff and the organization, he seems like a dude who is super geeked, like super pumped about his, his experience that he's getting ready to, you know, undertake and also just being a member of the NBA. Like he talked about, you know, Arizona was cool. It was a stop, but all he's wanted to do was be an NBA player. And, and you know, a lot of kids say that. A lot of guys say that. But it seems like th- this was his mission. And role definition is very, very important. But what's even more important is role acclimation. And when a, a 20-year-old has been told, hey, I know you were the man in high school, but you don't come here and defend and move the ball around. And when you go get it and you run out and you dunk, that's maybe when we're going to get you your points. But other than that, you're not going to be the focal point. Understanding that and excelling to the point where you're wowing people in workouts and individual meetings. And it was reported that he had dinner and and Mark Eversley, uh, Bulls VP, actually said they had dinner before the combine. So that means he got in there early and sat down with the the group and he wowed them. And I, I look at it, one, I think to myself, what does he mean? Like, what does his presence mean in terms of the rest of the roster? Who is he putting pressure on? And this whole thing, man, we talked about it a little bit tonight at the Advocate Center with Will Perdue and Kendall Gill. This whole thing, and uh, whole thing probably is too much, but a large chunk of this thing is dependent on Pat Williams. If the number four pick in the draft a couple of years ago doesn't start playing like the number four pick in the draft, then this thing's this thing's off the rails because he is the bridge not only to contention, but he's the bridge to, okay, when Zach is, you know, finished being Zach and DeMar DeRozan is no longer in the NBA, maybe six years from now, whatever the case may be, Pat Williams is supposed to be taking over. So the slow incremental steps that we haven't seen because of injury and because of sometimes the lack of aggression on the offensive end and maybe sometimes not being used the right way. Like that, you know, we talk a lot about what Patrick Williams isn't, but Patrick Williams kind of strikes me as the kind of guy who you have to just put in the position to do what he needs to do. And he's not going, he's not, he doesn't have an innate ability to understand his importance. So you have to force his importance on him. And that's on Billy Donovan. And that's a task and a job that Billy Donovan has to accept this year. Uh, the guys who are going to get the offense, like, there's a, a, a very understood and marketed ability by DeMar DeRozan to be an isolation player. Like, there's, there's like five or six guys in the NBA who you can look at and say, this dude is going to get you a basket in an ISO situation more times than not. And believe it or not, DeMar DeRozan is one of those dudes. Look at the advanced metrics. He is one of the better isolation players still at year 12 or whatever it is in the league. You don't have to draw up offense for DeMar DeRozan. You don't really have to do that for Zach Levine if DeMar DeRozan is playing correctly. If DeMar DeRozan is noticing and witnessing double teams coming his way and moving that thing, you, you can't double both those guys. So Zach Levine is going to benefit off that. And of course, Zach Levine creates his own space. He creates his own separation. And he, he, he's still a 
pure jump shooter as well. Like he he gets elevation on his shot. It's hard to block his shot. So he is a shot creator in his own right. And then you start to look around and go, okay, everybody else, you got to go get them their shots. All right. Alex Caruso is a streaky shooter, but he doesn't he doesn't look at the basket a whole bunch. You know, he'll get he'll 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 bust his 17, 18 point games every once in a while. But for the most part, he is a ball mover, he is a connector, he is a defender. And he's a, you know, uh, he's a streaky shooter at that. Lonzo Ball, same thing, kind of like a souped up Alex Caruso, different profile, obviously, can knock down shots at a at a higher clip, especially catch and shoot stuff. But that's not that's a guy who you have to kind of push to score. So you got all these people lined up and the linchpin is Patrick Williams. Like Lonzo Ball is going to get out on the break and create scoring opportunities. So to me, if you're creating scoring opportunities, that kind of, it takes some of the pressure off you actually scoring, if that makes any sense. Like the points that you are accounting for. Patrick Williams is a decent enough playmaker, but not decent enough that it belies or kind of it it it, it yeah, supplements the fact that he's not aggressive enough, for, especially for his talent profile and his physical stature. So this whole thing, man, the drafting of uh, of, of Dale and Terry and and putting a guy out there who's going to be a wing defender, a run and jump dude, a deflection guy. You can't have more than one person on the court who isn't offensively adept. You're going, especially in the playoffs, they're going to run you up out of there. They're going to run you up out of there or they're going to make you change to a lineup that you haven't been playing with all year long. And a couple of teams got caught in the playoffs with that this year. You look at the end of that Dallas Mavericks series on the way out for Golden State, they were forced to throw some guys out there in lineups just because they had to defend in a certain way. So this two-way player notion, yeah, that's fun to say, but there are there are fewer true two-way players in the league than I think actual stars, to be honest with you. Now I'm talking about true two-way dudes. Like, you ain't got to hide a cat till the fourth quarter and all of a sudden he's like Mega Man on defense. I'm talking about, no, 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 I'm here with you all night and I'm going to get 17. We're not talking about 30. We're not talking about 25. not talking about 20. I'm going to get you 17. I'm going to get to the line five, six times. I'm going to knock down a few jump shots. I'm going to take it to the rack a couple of times. There goes my 17 points. Patrick Williams has to be that guy. Now, is that fair? Is that cool? Nope. Unfair business, uncool business. Fourth pick in the draft. And nobody cares about how big your hands are anymore. Nobody cares about how old you are anymore. Right? All those things that are with novelties and things that we like to throw around until dudes talent surfaces. Like it's this, it's it's the best shape of my life shit, right? Where you're like, ah, it's gonna be a bad season, you know? Like when you start hearing dudes, oh, I'm in the best shape of my life. Word, okay, because last year you you made money too. So what happened, right? Like if we keep hearing about Pat's big hands <laughs> and measurables and how young he is, then that means that we're not having the other conversation which is how impactful he truly can be. And this kind of draft pick, to go along with Patrick Williams, to go along with Lonzo Ball, to go along with Alex Caruso, like I've seen already out there, the death defense lineup. All right, he's going to be the death to offense lineup too, right? If Patrick Williams is out there on the court, like he's got to be one of those guys who you could put out there with the tubes and say, go get it, right? Like. 
Zach Levine, the staggering of Zach Levine and, and DeMar DeRozan's minutes last year, there were times where one of those, obviously one of those guys was out there with the twos was like, okay, let's go get it time for me. I don't even have to look around and look for Zach. Or I don't have to look around and look for DeMar. Let's go get it time. Well, guess what? Patrick Williams can't be part of the go-get-it boys anymore. He got to be go-get-it-time man. Yeah, you know the go-get-it boys. You're the dudes who you, you, have to, you have to wreck with, and you're like, all right, we're we going to use him to check the ball up. He's he going to check the ball up. If I lose my dribble, I'm going to hand it off to him, get it right back. <laughs> right? You know, I, hey, listen, hey, raising my hand, a certified member, longtime member, platinum club member of the go-get-it boys. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to know your role out there on the court. It, Patrick Williams has to be the go get it man. He can't be he can't be you know in the background with the go get it boys. Those are the kids that are walking up and down Michigan Avenue talking about their basketball team after a while. Like you can't be that dude. You are the fourth pick in the draft. So Dalen Terry, if Dalen Terry comes in here and starts pressing dudes and you know acting up, like Dalen Terry has the kind of the the vibe of the 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 rookie that all the old heads are gonna hate. Oh, like yeah. he, yeah, you you feel me, Tony? Like he's got that dude who I will never, ever, ever forget. Ah, it just made me think of a dude at high school football, Cameron Hall. Cameron Hall was a mammoth of a man. Like as a child, he was a strong, big kid. Evanston Township High School. This is the time too where the, the program was outstanding. Like. It was there was five six D one players every single class. There was just dudes just going to Wisconsin just just because right. And my silly ass ended up in freshman and sophomore year. Sophomore year, I was like, hey guys, I'm <laughs> this ain't for me anymore. This whole hitting people, you know, walking around stinking all the time. These bras don't like me the way they should. This 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 football jersey is not bringing the acclaim that I thought it would. My uncles lied to me. Okay, they they were good at this sport. I'm out here getting my ass kicked <laughs> and, and nothing is happening. That happened to you too, Tone? Did, did it happen to oh, you yeah. too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, uh, uh, yeah, towards the, the end of my junior year, I was like, give me that clipboard. Let me hold yeah. up these plays. Not yeah, interesting. this is bullshit. This is bullshit. High school football for bench warmers. Let me tell y'all kids out there right now, if you are riding the bench and it's your junior year in, in high school, are you getting ready to go into your senior year? Quit the team now. Okay? <laughs> Quit the team now. You have already put in three years. Your senior year ain't going to change shit. Okay? Like, all it's going to do is, is make you a four-time loser. Okay? <laughs> okay? So, if you have the cleanest jersey at the end of the season, three years running, figure something else out. Okay? Like, like you know, get, jump in the band. You know, it's cool to like be in a, band now. Oh my God! Ladies love a dude who can play a wind instrument. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Quit the team right now, okay? But back to Evanston Township High School with my man Cameron Hall. This dude every Friday used to be a maniac in walkthroughs. <laughs> like just we be walking through shit, and Cameron Hall would be going a hundred miles an hour, and he would hit all the best players on the team. Like he was like one of those dudes who should have been playing, but you know, there's probably like something going on there where they're like, this kid just, you know, he's a big physical freak, and for whatever reason, the stack team. So he's not getting a whole bunch of time, but he was 
athletic as hell. And boy, did he show it in practice. And boy, was dudes upset that Cameron Hall was out here running around in practice that way. Dalen Terry strikes me as the young man who, at 20 years old, almost 20, because we may you know, it's it's an obligation to say that he's going to be 20 in July now. But that dude, so uh, enthusiastic, like so effusive of his his arrival into the NBA, I don't think it's a put on. <laughs> I think this dude is going to be in practice angering DeMar DeRozan, angering Zach Levine, going harder than he probably should. And in a way that Io DeSumo is quiet in doing that, I think Dalen Terry is going to come in there. This man has already, would you tell me, Tony, he's already shouted out little Dirk on, <laughs> on Twitter. Like he is, he is, tapping in with the Chicago luminaries already on Twitter. Like, he is acting like, you, you know how when the Instagram girls get to your city and don't have a hairdresser? <laughs> Who out here knows how to do a washing set, right? On the Instagram story. Dalen Terry is out here like, who out in Chicago? He actually, uh, he actually tweeted, Chicago was good with like eight A's and eight O's. So you know this man is amped to be here in the city of Chicago. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to his time. Uh, am I counting on Dalen Terry to be at peace on this team? Um, no, uh, I'm not. Not early. Um, can he be? Sure. You know, Ayo Desumu, uh had a terrific rookie season, is one of the better players on this team, is in your rotation, in your playoff rotation too, which is probably some of the reason why you, you struggle a little bit because you were counting on so many young guys. But, if Dalen Terry gets himself 10 minutes, 12 minutes of ball game, something like that, you know, in the early going, and I'm, when I say early going, I'm talking about by all-star break, uh, then, you know, you, you got something here. It's just interesting um, trying to put together the profile of Mark Eversley and Arturis Karnaschovas because when they came in with the development chops and the draft chops, and then they're like, uh-oh, we got to keep Zach. So trade all these dudes <laughs> and, and figure it out. And they traded a couple of guys, you know, a couple of picks for Vooch, and they got Lowry marketing out, up out of here. They went and got Lonzo Ball. They went and got DeMar DeRozan. They went and got Alex Caruso. Hell, they went and got Tristan Thompson during the season last year. So trying to figure out, we know they're trigger pullers. We know they're, they're, they're out here to make the team as, as um, well-rounded as possible, as quickly as possible. Uh, I think Bulls fans, I think Bulls fans were on the clock like, all right, cool. We got about a couple of years, two, three years to figure this thing out. And them boys came in here after one year. It was like, this ain't going to work. So trying to figure out going forward where Mark Eversley and Arturis Karnaschovas are going, hey, joke's on you. Because I didn't see Dalen Terry at this position. Uh, I don't think a lot of people did. You know, there's a lot of talk that the Bulls could have traded back to 22, 23 and still got this this player. Um, you know, EJ Liddell, a guy who I talked about, uh, it, it fell and fell hard to the New Orleans Pelicans. And I hope that that young man has a terrific career, a long lasting career. Um, hey, Paul Millsap, man, that's all you got to look at. A guy like Paul Millsap, you know, li little recruited, unheralded. All of a sudden you look up, look up Paul Millsap's career earnings because I was in Atlanta actually. When they gave him the uh, the wink and nod deal, like, ah, don't worry, 
we're going to underpay you now, but guarantee that we will pay you big on the second deal, you know, when it comes up here in a couple of years. And that was what, 2012, 2013. So a guy like Paul Millsap, if you're EJ Liddell and everybody skipped over you, all you got to do is look at his career and look at his career earnings and say there's still a space in the NBA for a six foot eight, long arm big who can knock down shots. How, mu- how much money has my man Paul Millsap made in the NBA? $192.6 million. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless this great country of ours. Okay? And I'm saying that as a black man. Okay? This is... <laughs> when, when Paul Millsap can make 190 And I'm not pocket-watching. I'm not hating on him because Paul, you know, Paul was a good dude. He was a good dude to me when I was in Atlanta. Got, got a chance to hang out with him a couple of times. He used to always make himself available uh, after the games, he, he was a pro's pro. So when it was a chance that he might be a Chicago Bull, I thought I was excited. I was stoked. Uh, he really didn't change the fortunes for the Brooklyn Nets. So, you know, uh, that that happens. But $192 million later, after being, where was he drafted? Uh, I, I, was was Paul? Paul wasn't undrafted. I think he was late, uh, late, late second round. Late but, second round pick. Yeah. I mean, dude. You can make the best out of an NBA career. You just got to go out there and work hard. So I hope our guy EJ Liddell does that with the New Orleans Pelicans. And hell, you know, with the Zion thing, you never know when they're going to need a a beefy power forward to knock down some shots because Zion is uh, on the men still. So, yeah, man, if you are a Dale and Terry fan, God bless you. This is your night. Uh, this is your time to shine. You will regale everyone with your Dale and Terry facts as we go along. But... All in all, man, as we zoom out a little bit and get ready for free agency and get ready for all the uh, all the fun that this season has to offer, it's crazy. Uh, a draft night three years later is still about the draft pick three years ago, and that's Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams, if you're listening, this is this is it, man. Like, if they don't go out and get a rim defender, and Vooch is the center, Patrick Williams not only has to stay healthy, but he's got about three or four jobs that he has to do. And one of them is scoring. The other one is defending the best player. The other one is being a great weak side help defender and also weak side shot blocker, rim protector. And you also have to knock down some shots. So, you know, not too much to ask. Just just asking that of the fourth pick. But Dale and Terry, welcome to Chicago. Enjoy yourself. Uh, get off as many tweets as you possibly can, shouting out all the people here in the city that you want to meet. Uh, Tony Gill will be happy to take you on a South Side tour. You know, he'll, he'll be happy to take you through the wood and, and show you all the things that you need to see and also all the things you need to stay away from, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, we, we could go over to Francis's and hang out for a little bit, try to find my AirPods in that great establishment. Yeah, man. You know, AirPods truly do lie to you on, on their last location. You know, you pull up and you go, oh, look, my AirPods are still there two weeks later at a bar that they shouldn't be. And then you pull up and they say, nobody's ever found those AirPods. Get your ass out of here. So shout out to Francis over there in Inglewood. But man, Dale and Terry and the Terry family, enjoy yourselves. Uh, he'll be in town, obviously, this weekend. It's a great weekend to be in town because summertime in the city of Chicago. I hope little Dirk meets up with him because that's who he was tweeting at. Um, if you, if you want to know some things, Dalen, 
You know, just just tap in with some, you know, tap in with the bigs, tap in with my man Tony Gill, tap in with with the dudes, with the guys here in the city of Chicago. You could jump on this podcast if you want to. I'm sure Alice and the Bounty Hunter have, you know, put your put your head on her wall, you know, her her great wall of of, of gets. But yeah, I'm not uh I'm not out here um acting as if the Bulls just found the the next next championship piece now he if he helps win the championship cool right i I heard a lot of trevor ariza i heard a lot of trevor ariza talk in terms of his draft comp trevor ariza's had himself an outstanding long career right it was an x factor on a championship team with kobe uh so those guys matter right first round picks do matter especially since they didn't have a second round pick because of uh you know all the the lonzo ball stuff when 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 Lonzo was secretly signed to a deal before he signed his deal. By the way, that's another thing. You know what? We're going to take a quick timeout. We're going to take a quick timeout, and we're going to come uh, on the other side of a break and talk about some of the things that happened tonight that didn't involve Dale and Terry that uh, I, I took note of, and that was Mark Eversley speaking about Lonzo Ball. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors... This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Bulls Talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. I don't know about y'all, but I'm pretty worried about what's going on with Lonzo Ball's bone bruise. Uh, A bone bruise that, let's face it, we're what? We're eight, nine weeks out from the season, right? It's been two months since the season ended for him. Before that, he was supposed to be back maybe a few weeks before the season ended. And in some of the comments that Mark Eversley made at the Advocate Center, uh, my, my teammate, Casey Johnson, asked the question, if the season were to start today, would Lonzo Ball be a part of that? And he said that he had to check with the staff. He'd have to confer with the staff on that. And that that puts up a lot of red flags for me because when it was announced that it was a bone bruise, 
you got to be careful because sometimes you set your, and hell, we know here in Chicago, you know, you set time limits, you set, <laughs> you set durations of injury, you set rehab times, and now people are looking at it like video games. And rehabs aren't linear, right? People get hurt during rehabs. Hell, what? Clay Thompson, right? Clay, Clay blew out his Achilles rehabbing his ACL. Or was it the other way around? Yeah. I think it was, a, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, that, that, that was the order of it. Things happen. Even when the Derrick Rose thing was happening, low those many years ago here in this fine city, and I could not stop going on the air and saying, hey, guys, <laughs> some of the things that are being put out there, doesn't matter if the dude doesn't trust his body. Doesn't matter if, if he's killing people in practice. They're paid to take care of him. He's got the red jersey on, right? He, he's the quarterback out there. You can't touch the quarterback. You, you think the Miami Heat going to treat him the same way that Joe Kim Noah and Luol Dang and them boys are treating him coming off of ACL surgery? No. Rehabs are not linear. You, you, I, I can't stress it enough. Now, the difference is in the way that Lonzo Ball is guarded in terms of his media availability and the people around him. Lonzo is very astute in how to give the media nothing and also make sure that there are no leaks in his camp. So, when we're talking about having to check with staffs to see if Lonzo Ball would be able to play right now, um, you, he's got people out there that he's training with. He's got his own group. And and whenever you see a guy go with his group or his doctors, don't take it personally. It's just I've trusted these people through probably UCLA, <laughs> you know, the Lakers, the New Orleans Pelicans, and now here. You guys are just the new employer, right? It's like having a primary care physician and going to a new employer, and then all of a sudden they want you to change it because of your insurance. You've been with that person for years. You're like, all right, I don't mind spending it out of pocket if I got it because I have this rapport and this relationship with this doctor. The issue that I have, though, is the importance of Lonzo Ball was so, so apparent. The moment he left that lineup, because of the lack of shooting you have, because of frankly, the lack of ball creation and playmaking that you have. And Lonzo Ball is not a prototypical pick-and-roll point guard. That's why the whole Rudy Gobert thing was so intriguing to me because it's not as if you're out here with a Chris Paul type of, I'm going to throw it at the rim, you go get it, point guard. Now, I'm not saying Lonzo Ball can't do that, but when we think of Lonzo Ball, we're thinking of a guy who defends on one end of the court so much so that if it's a long rebound because he's defended the guy to a T, that he can get the rebound, push the ball out, change your culture in terms of how you pass and move the ball and run. Now, when they were cooking with gas, 14, 15 points a game in transition, that dipped to about 9 to 10 when he was out. And you may say, oh, that's just a couple layups. That's huge. That's huge. Those are a few possessions that, one, you're putting pressure on the rim. Two, you're getting people in foul trouble because the worst fouls happen in transition. And now with everybody doing this dumbass take foul all the time, you can get stars. One of the stupidest moments in the finals for me happened in game six when Jason Tatum decided that, that, that a second foul was being committed on a take foul when Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors were running in the first quarter. Like, you can get star players to commit dumbass fouls just because you locked them up on one end. And I think that's the Lonzo Ball effect. So now, if Lonzo Ball is coming into the season, you know, this is just speculation, but if he's if he's coming into the season not 100%, now it puts so much more pressure on Io DeSumo because if you remember, Io DeSumo had a terrific stretch and then Lonzo Ball got hurt, he gets vaulted into the starting role and 
the more you the more you climb scouting reports, the harder it is on you for a young player. Because now you got grown ass men who are like, okay, this guy does this, this, and this, and he's a kid. Oh yeah, I can't let him embarrass me. And you saw Io DeSumo, you called the rookie wall, whatever the case may be. But you he had to have some confidence infused in him post All-Star break because of some of the struggles. Because it's the NBA. And young point guards, especially, this is where this is where the NBA feasts on them. So Lonzo Ball, his importance isn't only the fact that he is on the court, but when he's off the court, what it forces other players to be and and in, in positions where you don't want them to be exposed too much. And I think that happened a little bit with Ayo DeSumo at the end of the year last year. So if Lonzo Ball still has knee issues and we're in June, then what are we talking about here? You know, and I keep bringing up the fact that you're going to have $270 million of um, knee issues in the backcourt. I know, Zach, his scope is a minor scope. And my man Casey Johnson drills that into my head every time, but it's still a surgery. You know, it's still it's still still going in there. It's still something that you know. It, you rarely get better after surgeries. You get better short term. You know, you get better short term, and you and you you put your, yourself back together. But yeah, that that's another thing too. Zach hasn't had to rehab in a while, and he's gotten better every summer. Because he works his ass off. Now you're rehabbing. <laughs> you, you know this isn't a get better summer for Zach. It can be if he puts in double work. But let's face it, that's rehab takes up enough of your time. So now you've got that in your backcourt. You're trying to figure out what's happening with Kobe White. You're counting on Patrick Williams uh, tremendously. So if he stays on the roster, which I think, you know, I, I don't think Mark Eversley and Arturis Karnaschov is going to give up on the, their first pick with this franchise just as yet. And and you're still looking for the things that you came in the draft night looking for, which is rim protection and uh, perimeter shooting. So this mid-level exemption and some of this crafty moves that are going to have to be pulled off here, like the likes of P.J. Tucker, you know, love him to death as a cultural figure, but P.J. Tucker is as close to Cook as you possibly can. And he'll he'll get it up in the playoffs, you know, for a quarter or two in terms of um, defensively. Because I think his defense has been, I think he's still a, a good defender, but I think his elite level defense is now overstated and his lack of shot making is understated. <laughs> and, and people talk about his lack of shot making all the time. So uh, this, is, this is an interesting puzzle that, the Bulls and Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley are trying to put together. Um, if <laughs> if Lonzo Ball isn't right, if this deep bone bruise is worse than we anticipated, then it totally changes the dynamic of the Bulls team, and it puts it in a very um, <sighs> unenviable position. Because with Lonzo Ball, I still think this team right now is at best, at best, the fourth best team in the in the Eastern Conference. At best. At worst, this is about the sixth or seventh best team in the Eastern Conference. So I'll be interested to see what moves Mark and AK make over the next couple of weeks. Be interested to see who comes back better. Right? This this got a real college feel to it where it's like, hey, <laughs> you were this, this, and this your freshman and sophomore years. 
junior year, you got to come back that much better. And hell, if we're talking about Patrick Williams this much, then what would it? It would be his senior year, something like that. So, um, yeah, Dale and Terry, enjoy Chicago. Be safe, you know. Don't don't uh don't do anything I wouldn't do at twenty years old as a millionaire. Boy, can you imagine? Can 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 you just imagine? You know, living in Phoenix, Arizona, which is you know, a cool place to live, right? Living in Phoenix, looking up to the likes of Mikael Bridges and such, hometown heroes. You go to Arizona, hoop for two years out of Hillcrest High School, and then at nineteen years old. Somebody calls your name, you are immediately a millionaire and you can move to Chicago. Boy, I can't see anything wrong happening there. I'm talking about for me. For me. I was a different kind of kid. You know, I was, <laughs> boy, 19. I was just getting into the business at 19. And and boy, did, it, did I have my head not screwed on straight. This kid is a lot different, seemingly. He's, he's, he's enthusiastic. He's going to drive the veterans crazy with his energy. And, uh, vim and vigor and he's a deflection specialist uh, a challenger a competitor seemingly a a a resistance guy right a guy who provides enough resistance especially on the wing where you're gonna have to defend kevin durant and Giannis Antetokounmpo and you know james harden and and, and maxi over there in philadelphia like each team's gonna have something for you and and don't get me started with those detroit boys because i think detroit's gonna play all out, just we don't care. We don't know how young we we are. That's why we play in this way kind of basketball, and they're gonna they're gonna knock some heads around. So it was um it was a uneventful kind of draft night if you look at it. Uh, but I just eh, this Bulls team still has the same questions that they had coming into tonight, going out of tonight, and Patrick Williams is still still on the clock for his stardom. And tonight, I think, furthers that point because they did not get a rim defender. They did not get three-point shooting. They got a guy who is a defender and is a young player and might be a, a playmaker on the secondary kind of break, secondary multiple ball handling kind of vibe. But, yeah, man, the, the Bulls' old heads have to be propped up by the Bulls' young heads. We'll just see if those guys are up to the task. The full goal with Jason Goff. All right, that's all the time we have for episode 117 of the Full Go Podcast. Shout out to the White Sox offense for giving my guy Johnny Cueto no damn run support and losing to the Baltimore Orioles, but also shout out to the White Sox for celebrating Pride Night at the ballpark. Guarantee Ray Field, Liam Hendricks coming out, waving the flag, raising the flag. Shout out to the LGBTQ plus community and everybody out there celebrating Pride Night here in Pride Month and LGBTQ plus Awareness Month in the month of June. Also, Cubs lose to the Pirates 14 out of 18 games, but y'all are going to be in the bleachers at Wrigley all summer long, so it really don't matter, right? Just waiting to see when Wilson Contreras will be traded. That's that's pretty much what the season is right now for Cubs fans and seeing if Ian Happ is going to get himself an all-star nod and which one of these young pitchers are going to separate themselves and start throwing some goddamn strikes <laughs> because apparently the young pitchers on the Cubs right now are having problems throwing strikes. Uh, that's all the time we got for you, though, here on episode 117. We will talk to you on Sunday night. Obviously, we got some baseball to jump into. Hey, don't tell anybody, but Bears training camp 
isn't going well. <laughs> so we'll talk about the Bears training camp and jump into some other odds and ends as well. Uh, before we get up out of here, hey, man, time to get Brittany Griner home. I'm tired of these days going up. What is it, 125 now, 126, something like that? They're talking about a July 2nd uh, revisiting of her hearing and all this other crap. Nah, time to get Brittany Griner home. Simple as that. All right. For Tony Gill, my man Jesse Lopez, the shadowy figure that is known Steve known as Steve Cerruti. I can't even talk. It's so late at night now. I'm Jason Goff, ending this thing, hoping you had a great draft night 2022. All right, because I know I did. I got a chance to spend it with ink-stained wretches in the media center over there at Advocate. So for all the fellas, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you so much for downloading this thing, subscribing to it, rating and reviewing it, sharing it, telling your friends and family about it. Whatever you do for the pod, we truly appreciate what you do. For the guys, I am Jason Goff. Thanking you so much. Hey, man, we leave you with this. As we are on the eve of my kid's graduation, and you're about to hear his voice. So remember, you got to take care of each other and be safe out there. Talk to you soon. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.